Everybody, this is episode 101 of Cool Down Time. In this episode, we're going to reveal whether the Resident Evil 4 remake is worth your while. Plus, there's much more to talk about, like, uh, is there trouble looming for CD Projekt Red? Uh, we'll discuss all of that. Peter Parker has a new nemesis, and his name is Todd Howard. Mm. What? Let's see. Man, already with the bullshit coming up here. Uh <laughs> What you mean? <laughs> but now, now that the Q1 is already behind with Q, uh, the first quarter of video games, let's talk about those games and our review scores here with our checkpoint chat today. Uh, but let's introduce a two-man panel for the show here. I am your technical mess of the show, Pablo. I'm still uh, hungover from partying from our episode 100. Mm. You know, we celebrated all week, but we we were back here in your uh, in your eardrum like some earwax. Okay, we didn't need to get to the earwax. Post, Why did it, we... post it up. We're just posted up in their block like a mailbox, man. That's that's how we do around here. Oh uh, but with me today, <laughs> uh, as always, is the graphically impressive host. Of, I mean, according to him, is Marco. Why? Marco, wait, what's wait, up? Why? Why did I do that? I, how come I? How come I did? Uh, let me call that out. Why did I do that to you? I don't Why know. Why did I do that? See what I, I mean? I, I gave you another opportunity to host this week to make up for the for the pure sloppy podcast drunk rage that you had against me all last episode you were you were you were mean you were toxic all right you were damn near radioactive all right radioactive radioactive oh mike huh that still sounded better than what how those guys sing which is crazy <laughs> i didn't even practice that man but uh you know thanks for asking i'm doing great uh appreciate the well, question well you let me finish because you were uh out here complaining about how i treat you badly you man, you hurt me. You hurt my feelings all the time. You hurt my, and then you start the show talking about earwax. Now uh, this is this is just not this is not how it's supposed to be, man. I mean, do you? Hey, let me hey. ask you a question about earwax, though. Since since you want to go there, oh are you a gosh. Q-tip user or do you not use yeah, Q-tips? I use Q-tips all the time. You know, you're not supposed to do that, man. Yeah, they say a lot of things. You're Who? not supposed to drink and drive, and oh, you know. Shit. <laughs> wait a minute i do i do use q-tips like right right out the shower you know uh for more shower tips uh just uh go to my youtube channel and i'll show you how to wipe your ass you got got negative three followers on that bitch all right so no one needs to see that you you ask me to you ask me to host and this is exactly what's gonna happen chaos not the the americans say it chaos (laughs) ensues and that's just and that's just how I roll, man. I have no I you know how hard it is for me to read the script and stay on script. I just want to go off on tangents. I read the word and and I remember the one time in 1997 when I said the word and wow. and then I go down a yeah, it's weird. It's weird, man. Mm. My brain works in mysterious ways like the Lord Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. How did we go from uh, earwax to, the, to the Bible? <laughs> how we I mean, I don't know. How do we go from Q-tips to 1 Corinthians? How do we do that? <laughs> Listen, let, let's let's rein it in a little bit. Okay. Marco, how, how how about this? After all this bullshit that we just went through, <laughs> trying to settle, settle down a little bit, you're 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 out of control, Marco. All right. Uh, see, why don't you tell everybody again? Go ahead. See, go ahead. He's go out ahead. of control. This is the voice that you hear is Marco. He's Pablo. Uh, 
Marco, tell us where they can actually find us if they want to hear this beautiful mess. They're going to find me in therapy after this. That's where they're going to find me. I don't know where they're going to find you. Uh, But if you want to find the show, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, even our own official website at cooldowntime.com. We bought the domain. We got, you know, we're all proper. We got, we got, we're professionals here. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're feeling extra cool though, Instagram, Twitter, Hive. What about it, man? Come on, follow us, man. We need the numbers, okay? We, 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 look, we look Bush League, all right? We bought a blue check yeah. on Twitter, all right? We're trying to Purchase look validated that. here, and it's not helping because y'all ain't following us. So get on, press pause. I think pause. it's because we, we keep talking about Hive. I think that's really what's happening. I should stop talking about Hive. I mean, I still we still post there, right? But, you know, Hive is kind of, I don't know, Hive's running a little dry right now. A little, a little dry yeah. out here, but... You can find yeah, us yeah. there at its cool down time if you want to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. Pablo, back to you with your terrible hosting job. And uh No, it's 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 a different kind of hosting job. The host hmm. is supposed to make people feel like they're at home and we're catering to them. I don't do that. Uh go get your own beer out my fridge. I feel like uh, I'm in an alleyway full of crack cocaine and needles. That's how I feel when well, you're hosting so- the show. Some call that paradise. Let's go ahead and move into our first section of the show, a segment we love to call Loadouts. That starts right now. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right. Let's talk a very brand new game that just came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Marco, why don't you start us off with what game I'm talking about? What is it that you're playing right now? Uh, We were talking about Resident Evil 4. Uh, if you don't already know, um, man, this game dropped, uh, obviously big time remake to one of the, uh, greatest games ever made in the, in the eyes of many people, Pablo, um, with the original resident evil four, um, big time game. This is obviously a really important remake in the resident evil series to see how, how they pulled it off. You know, we got the chainsaw demo a couple weeks back. Obviously, it left a lot of people excited. Also, threw a little bit of concern in there with performance and some of the control stuff going on. But nevertheless, it's dropped. We're here. We're playing it, Pablo. And uh, I got to say, I'm a little bummed that some of the problems from the demo are still present in the full version of the game. Uh, Particularly, I think think performance is probably the most annoying thing for me. Uh, to be honest, because I really wanted to be able to play it in the full like resolution mode. And it's not like it's unplayable. It's just that it just gets a little too choppy, even with uh, VRR enabled. So I, I, I'm i a little bummed about that. And uh, the Vaseline effect they got with that chromatic aberration stuff is just it's just junky. But other than that, I think this is actually a really outstanding remake. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like, it's a bit weird because I feel like I'm, I, I, I remember the game. But I feel like I'm playing it and experiencing it in a whole new way, you know, because I'm so used to the remakes prior to this one being very slow and methodical. The zombies are just kind of zombieing around, right? But this is so much more intense. It's so much more frenetic. and um, It really is. I'm almost disoriented by that, but in a good way. Like, I'm not, like, put off. It's just like, damn, I forgot how crazy it gets in this game. And I think they really captured that intensity really well. Um, I love the encounters. I think that they're really dynamic. I think you have to use your brain uh, and not just, 
you know, see a zombie off in the distance and kind of just stand still and shoot it in the head until it drops and, you know, hope it doesn't get back up. It's way more than that now. And I think that is part of the brilliance of the original game. Um, it's just always keeping you on your toes. Um, I think that the pacing is great too. I actually really enjoy the ebb and flow of the game. I, I like the quality of life improvements, the little things they added in as well. Um, like the little side uh, missions and stuff to get, you know, stuff you can cash in at the merchant. Um, I think all that stuff is brilliantly done, man. I I'm really finding myself, um, very much locked into this game and it, yes, it does have some problems with the controls. still. I, I was able to find a good sweet spot for myself on PlayStation. I know Xbox has a bigger issue with the dead zones, but I got to say, man, this is kind of doing it for me. And uh, full disclosure, RE4 is not really a top three for me in the Resident Evil series, to be honest with you. I, I, I love it, but it just doesn't make that cut for me. What's your top three? It would be two, three, and one. Okay. Uh, and one being the the GameCube remake version, not the like right. OG PS one game. Yeah. But you know, because I, I like the old school formula. But um, but man, this is uh, this is shaping up possibly to be my favorite of the remakes, though. I think if it stays on track, I think it can definitely be my favorite. But RE two is no joke, man. So it's got a tall order if it wants to be my yeah, number yeah. one favorite remake. But whoo, this shit is good. Yeah, I mean, uh, like quick story. Like I I, I first played RE four on GameCube. I remember enjoying it or at least thinking the game was pretty good, uh-huh. but I had never left a lasting impression on me. Um, like I, So it was a little bit of a shock when I heard people talk about the game as an incredible game that was a top 10 of all time. I certainly thought it was a very good game. I enjoyed my time with it. So what didn't, what uh, didn't click never- with you, though? I, I can't really quite say. It's uh, That's why I can't really talk about how I felt about the game then. Just I know mm. fully where I was when I played it. Uh and I remember experiencing it and, and enjoying it, but nothing really stands out for me for whatever reason. Hmm. And it's just, it just, it never connected with me in that way. It, it's, it's like, uh, it's like me playing Dying Light Two, and then like ten years from now, I'm not really remembering the the point of Dying Light Two. Like, it, 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 I'm not saying that 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 it's a bad game. It just for me was a little bit forgettable in in, in a lot of ways, and it, that has a lot to do with me and not having any kind of reverence for the Resident Evil franchise as well. Like, I've never really played a Resident Evil game before the remakes and had a quote-unquote transformative experience in terms mm. of like, oh my god, this is horror, peak horror. I've, I had that with the the byproduct of Resident Evil, like like uh, Dead, Sp- uh, Dead Space, yeah, even yeah. Evil Within. Uh, but obviously, after the remakes started coming out with 2 and 3, you know, I did sense that, okay, these games at that time were special. The remakes are kind of elevating it to to a point where, for me, I can't ignore it. So with 4 coming along, I I really think the game, for me, is shaping up to be great. But I don't know if it's going to be able to... the throne two and even three to a certain aspect. And, and, and I'll tell you why I think that the game looks incredible, incredible level design, character, enemy design, just the ambience in general is, is absolutely top notch sound design. is massive part of the experience. It's not really getting a lot of love. And I think it's, it's incredible as well. Yeah. I think it's also top notch. I agree. There's a, Obviously, the Resident Evilness of it all. There's a cheekiness to these games in terms of tone. When oh it yeah. Comes Leon to is Leon's dialogue. got one liners for yeah. days, man. He's, he's great. And, and, <laughs> And you love or hate that, and I particularly think that's it's the charm of Resident Evil. I I actually do love that. My thing is, is when you look at Resident Evil two and three, they both felt like complete 
makeovers, complete remakes of the actual game. Now, while RE4 is definitely that, I feel like how I felt about the demo where the gameplay is less a remade but more um, like fine-tuned, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was more. And there was less the, work to do to modernize this one compared to the other one because right. it was already over the shoulder and whatnot. That's right. But for me, there's a stiffness to it. There's a stiffness to the to to the gunplay. There's a stiffness to to just the combat that doesn't really click for me in a way where I I remember how I played RE2 remake in three, how that felt playing those games, and this feels even a little stiffer than that. So. Not that's a bad thing because I think it adds to the element of of horror and also like uh, like you said it was it, it's 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 very the pressure's on mm. a lot of times and I think that is part of it and I think that's that's smartly done in that way but for me it's just the fluidity of motion doesn't feel great so I'm kind of stuck on that in my mind where I'm having a great time with it I think it's absolutely amazing I, like all the things that I shouted out about it but the gameplay aspect of it just feels a little bit kind of off to me to where I'm like mm, I don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna end up enjoying this as much as I did RE2 and RE3. Mm. And I know for some people that might be sacrilegious because I know the RE3 remake has been uh, unfairly shitted on because it's too short or whatever the case is. But I honestly love RE3 remake. But um, well, here's what I'll say to is, that. This is, Real quick, here, yeah. let me say let me say this. I think I think one thing you got to consider as you play RE4 is that a lot of the game's difficulty is not necessarily because they're hamstringing Leon's movement. It's more about no. It's more about player positioning, right? So what you want to do is you want to get in the most advantageous position you can be in in, a, in any kind of skirmish at all. So I think it's going to be more for you about getting in the right positioning, knowing when to move, knowing when to stay, stay put, and then yeah. having the right arsenal based on your play style. One of the things I no, really but, like about RE4 yeah. is that there, it has a lot of dynamics with play style that you can utilize. So I, I would experiment a little bit about it. Cause I, I get what you're saying about the, how it feels a little sluggish and stiff at yeah. times, but I also think that there's, it's kind of a game that encourages you to... It's more of a, I don't want to say it's a thinking man's game, because that's kind of a lot to say about a Resident Evil game. But you get what I mean. You know, you have to be kind of no, but I, tactical. You know what I mean? Right. But to be clear, I'm not struggling through the game. Like, it's not like it's I'm having a difficulty getting through the game. It's just the moment-to-moment maneuverability for me mm. just just takes me out of the game a little bit. Because the game looks so beautiful and so 2023, so next-gen, that the movement just feels a little mm. dated. I'm not really having a problem with the game itself. But again, this isn't... I focus on that only because it's the main thing you do. You play the game, but I am not in any way, shape, or form having a bad time with the game. I, I want to be clear. I just, at times, I feel that the maneuverability of Leon is a little bit stifled, and it mm. just feels a little bit kind of clustered. Like it just, it just feels a little uh, like me- messy to me okay. sometimes. But uh, with all that said, I, I I have to say that this game really is is just outstanding i think that re engine is is amazing and what they do here uh with the game about 18 years later and how it kind of still like re2 and 3 has that vibe of resident evil they still kept that intact but remade it to to, to, to the next generation of video game consoles is absolutely amazing and, and they should be absolutely um praised for that now i have a quick question for you marco yeah what do you think um should be the next remake here. I know. Let's, yeah, I think we I talked about it. Wanna, we talked about yeah. it in the past. I think I'm. I'm still. I'm still torn because I think I think RE5 is the right move. I because I, I think now, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of the timeline, I think Code Veronica takes place before the events of RE4. But I could be way off on that. But 
I feel Isn't like Code Veronica technically the, the the sequel to three. Yeah, it, well, it's like it's weird because the the timeline yeah. is kind of simultaneous between like the Leon arc and the Chris Redfield arc. It's yeah. it gets a little jumbly there. Um, I think they're going to do five, and I think they should do five. Now that I've kind of pondered it a little bit more, I think I think five to me is a game that I am sure with a remake with another with another look over they can get that game to I think where it was supposed to be when it first came out. Um, and by that, I mean, not as like, it, it was just a flat out action game to me at that point. It didn't feel, yeah. it, RE4's brilliance comes from the perfect blend of, of horror and the action. Like it never feels like it's, it's getting out of balance between those two points. RE5 is where they kind of went overboard and they realized they have a formula that's, that works really well for an action kind of setting. Then they fell in love with co-op so they added that to the mix, and I think I, I think it just became a game of its time, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, I think if they go back and they try to give it that RE four like pacing and balancing, I think they can do something pretty special there. And I honestly prefer that over Co Veronica. I think Co Veronica. I wasn't gonna say it before, but personally, I think it's a little bit overrated. Well, I I kind of just want it because it's so real quick. Here's supposedly the timeline or the the way you should play the games is Resident Evil Zero, Resident Evil two, three. Code Veronica, then four. And no, then you five, missed the original. And then, no, no, it, I said zero, mm-hmm. Resident Evil, oh, okay. Resident Evil 2, 3, yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, Ver- Code Veronica. I, I just want it because I, I, I like the story of 3 so much and the simultaneous story being told with 2. I, I kind of want to mm-hmm. get back in that world and, and, and kind of experience that game for what it is. Because after that, like you said, 5 is a lot more action heavy. And so if, if it's remade to feel more like 2 and 3, that'd be dope. But I don't know if that's that's something they'll do because I mean, but but regardless, I I'm curious to try five again because I was telling Marco off air that I felt like maybe RE five was was a little bit um, judged too harshly because of how different the formula changed, uh, and maybe uh, and maybe you know I don't know maybe it's not as bad as we remember it to be. But regardless, I think if they do make five, it should be closer to three and, and two and three in terms of how it felt. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what do you got? I know we got something else that we've been playing here together. Yeah, That's man. the Diablo 4 open beta. Go for it, man. Oof, listen, man. I wasn't going to play this open beta. Yo, I, I have a aversion to demos and betas now. I just They always give me a bad vibe. And I, every time I tell myself I'm out, I'm back in. And Diablo 4, yep. tantalizing as it is, I just couldn't resist it. I had to get in there, try it out. The queue wasn't that bad. It was about 25, 26 minutes for me. I didn't, you know, wasn't that long of a wait. You know, I came in, played it, and immediately I was like, oh, this is, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah. This, from the presentation to the atmosphere, that opening cinematic, which is fire. That is such a good opener. Um, yeah. I think this game is genuinely a massive step up from Diablo 3. It feels seismically better and more improved and more modern um yeah i i I love everything about it uh you know and that's that's crazy to say because it's a beta you expect it to be a little rough around the edges and it has its little bugs and quirks graphically and stuff you know it's going to get ironed out but like i really came away from this going i don't really have any huge complaints about this it feels good to play um the each of the classes feel really good uh i tried two of them both felt really good. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I love the the music. It's very brooding. The art style is back to being very dark and gothic. Um, man, it it just didn't do anything wrong, and that is why I am scared to death, Pablo, of the final release of this game. Because if anybody yeah. can make this game go from being great to a mess, it is Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Dog, like I'm so nervous because it they know how to snatch defeat from the jaws of success. They just do. Right, right. So I'm worried that they've got the right formula, but they're gonna pull some kind of fuckery or there's gonna be some kind of bad server issue despite the beta. Like I am nervous because if this game launches and it's a better version than this, which is already great. Like this is probably a top five kind of lock for for me personally, if it stays yeah. that course. But I'm just nervous, man. I don't want them to mess this up. They really can't afford to screw this Diablo up after the track record, uh, track record they've had lately uh, with other games at Activision. Man, this has got to be the hit that I know it can be. And this game from the beta is telling me it's got it, it's it's got the juice. It's got it. They, I mean, they, they brought in Rob Ferguson, who they had to pry him away from Gears of War to 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 jump into Diablo here and and, and finish it. And it looks like he he's he's done just that. I agree, man. Jaw dropping, uh, open cinematic, visually stunning, ambiance off the charts. The gameplay feels smooth and responsive. Um, yeah, character design is great. I, I think that the world design is great, and I love the fact that the open world itself is handcrafted open world. So at that point. The beauty of the game is no longer generated by blocks of sections that are generated simultaneously. The dungeons will be like that, but that's awesome as well because you get that randomness every time you go into that dungeon. gives that, that sense of challenge there, so that's cool. I like I liked the, the dichotomy between the open world being handcrafted and as beautiful as it looks and then going into the dungeon and then giving you that old Diablo formula, which, by the way, I just got into Diablo last year, uh, really get, gave, put time into it and really enjoyed my time. And then playing this beta, I, I, it was almost for me like, oh, yeah, this is asymmetric. I get it. But it almost felt like a whole different game just in yep. terms of like how beautiful it looked the, just graphically and how it was how everything was pulled uh, together. It looks absolutely amazing. I was excited for this game to begin with. Uh, it didn't make my top 10 most uh, anticipated games lit, uh, when we did that, but it would, for sure, if we redid that now, it would definitely be up there because I mean, my little, my, my small time, amount of time that I had with, with the beta, I was really um, blown away, just plain and simple. So, yeah, yeah I can't wait for this. I, I'm with you. I hope they don't, they don't, mess this up with some kind of bullshit uh monetization oh thing. man i'm so worried i know that three three launched with a broken auction house that, yep. that didn't get fixed for quite some time i forgot so, to mention that you're right yep see, seemingly this looks i i think blessing in disguise for lack of a better term all the bullshit they've gone through that they can't really put too much bullshit hopefully on four because it's so it's going to be so much out there so we'll see what happens um I would say just jump in quick because if any fuckery is going to happen, it'll happen like six months after release when they <laughs> yeah. when they think nobody's looking. Yep. So that's yep, true. June can't come soon enough for sure. Yeah, man. It is going to be a special game. I'm 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 really excited that this game is is going to be living up to expectations for me, man. Yeah. Uh, but here's something that didn't live up to expectations uh, for me. Not that I really had a high hope for this, but uh our friends at From Software dropped the ray tracing update for Elden Ring. Uh, as you know, based on our Game of the Year deliberations, this was our uh, cooldown time Game of the Year of 2022. 
Um, but I can tell you that for all the reasons it was at our number one spot, performance was not one of those reasons. And, uh, bro, this, uh, this ray tracing update is comical. Um, it's, I heard it's bad. It's so bad. It, yeah. you know, um, I, John Linneman, he, he, he's from uh, digital foundry. Uh, he said, I think he tweeted something to the effect of, you know, this, this gives ray tracing a bad name. Um, and, uh, I think that's obviously a little bit of, you know, going overboard, but I, the the essence of that is something I do agree with because ray tracing when done well can be a dif- a huge difference maker when it comes to the presentation and image of a game, you know, in terms of overall quality. Yeah. But Elden Ring's implementation of this, um it is laughable because the game already ran like asshole before this. Then they add the ray tracing on top of it. So now it's just asshole with dingleberries. It's just so bad, dude. It's like... Shiny dingleberries? It, it's, I think mostly what it is is it's like shadows and stuff like that. It's nothing, it's nothing transformative, right? So it's just very bare minimum stuff. But the problem with it is it actually makes the image quality look even blurrier. Um, which is a huge detriment to the game. It, it's supposed to kind of soften up shadows, make things feel like more they're like a dynamic, you know, sort of thing. But all it really does is it adds this like cataracts ass filter on top of it or something, dude. It just looks horrible. So, I'm confused because uh, when this game released, it didn't technically have a next gen version. So well, it did. I mean, there was a PS5 version and a PS4 version. I know, but wasn't there like barely nothing done? Oh yeah, that, that's the like, problem. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a little yeah, half so, measure. So, yeah, yeah. So adding ray tracing without improving any of the other things feels like putting a a, a racing transmission on a <laughs> on a minivan. Like it's like okay, what's what's the point of having ray it's tracing so if you can't run anything silly. else? It is so silly, man. It's like you know yeah. it. In in a way, it's laughable, but it's also like I really hope that what what whatever they do next, uh, that they really take some time to work on optimization and performance. Well, I hope they fix this because they they have the DLC coming that's supposed to be yeah. pretty expensive. Well, the good thing so is that I it's optional. That, yeah. it's optional though. So no, I know, I know, but I I hope that they add a little bit more in terms of like graphical fidelity and some upgrades. Oh. Uh, yeah, for the next uh for for that um. For that DLC that's coming, because I mean that would be really nice of them to do that, but especially if they're they're releasing half measured, half ass, mm-hmm. uh, shit like the straight tracing stuff. But yeah, um, so one thing to kind of wrap up here our our loadout section, uh, it's Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're. We're back at it like a bad habit. Um, Let me tell you something. Listen, I didn't want to yeah, add it. I didn't want to add it on my side because of, of our docket because I'm I'm still in denial that I'm back in it. Yeah, I don't want to believe it. Yeah, I mean, we spent literally just yesterday. <laughs> you know, we had time to we had time. We, we my son was sleeping. Yep. Uh, you had you had just dropped off your daughter. Yep. We were able to to spend that time playing Resident Evil Four, brand new game that we were all excited about, and we spent I think four hours <laughs> just about playing uh, RE. I mean, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, and it and it, we could have probably played more if yeah. we were, wanted to be a little more irresponsible. But I it, it just uh, uh the reason I added it is because I wanted to 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 say that I've officially moved it to my number ten spot in the top ten games of all time. For wow. Me. Really? Game, what, did game, it, what did it bump well, out? Game, what did it bump out? Oh, I can't. No, you come on. No, man. We're all here. Uh, this is this is a meeting. It, it bumped uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. All right. 
<laughs> you see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? This is what I deal with. See, he. I mean, look. Oh my God. What? Okay. Look. So if that's at the number ten yeah. spot, let me. What's your number nine then? Uh, my number nine. Let me pull up my list. I want. I, I want to see how nine... blasphemous you got with with Sons of Liberty. I want to know. Well, Sons of Liberty is 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 number eleven at this point. I don't. Uh, well, give me. But okay, let me let me give you my list here. That way, everybody knows where we are. This is how aneurysms happen, people. Of... This is how they happen. He, when Pablo Look, takes guys, one of your good. favorite games ever, and he just he just squats over it and just unleashes. No, I mean it's 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 up. Okay, so my uh, number ten game all time yeah. is as the aforementioned uh, Rainbow Six Siege, yeah. uh, a game I've been playing for eight years nonstop. So obviously it deserves a spot. I think. In my uh-huh. life. Okay, so uh, number nine Mass Effect Two, uh, number eight The Last of Us. Oh, you're lucky. Number Ooh, seven. Oh, you're lucky. Uh, the uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, uh-huh. number six, Elden Ring. You uh, number five. Hold up, yeah. Wait, you got. Oh yeah, you got. Uh, you can put reverb on that if you want to. Uh, you put <laughs> so, you put Elden Ring above yeah. the Legend of Zelda. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Because number five is Super Mario World, number four is The Witcher Wild Hunt, number three is Red Dead Redemption Two, number two is Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater, and number one is The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Uh, so that is my top ten. <laughs> You're list. lucky. You're lucky because that, the rest of that list, the rest of that list is legit. So I'll let you off the hook, but you hurt me. Well, I mean, look, I, I think I, th- I think here's here's my thing. It's it's obviously I love Metal Gear Solid too. I love all Metal Gear Solid games. They're all like, if you look at my top twenty list, most of Metal Gear Solid games. But mm-hmm. I, th- it's just one of those decisions made in that playing a game for eight years straight and then being on it more than ever before is wild. Not even the most loving and tender relationships as between humans uh, oh. grow as fonder as this. So it's <laughs> it's it, it, it's one of those things where like Marco was a little late to the party here yeah. when he when he started playing the game, but I mean, I played in nonstop and then luckily Marco came and I think that's a big boost to it too, but without I can't play Overwatch without Marco. It's just kind of the dynamic we have between the characters that we pick. But I can sure as hell play uh, Siege without you and still have just as good a time. Well, fine. It's just... I mean, I know when I'm no, not but wanted. You, but but you too, because <laughs> I told you, hey, we should start playing Siege. I'm like, and you're like, yeah, I've been playing that for a while now. So it, it's it's one of those things. So yeah, I, I love Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. I think just to... I think if we, this is a big mess on my part. Games that we thought were not going to be good and were great, Rainbow Six Siege should have been on there because I. It, oh it, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they canceled uh, Rainbow Six Patriots, which was yeah. the more classic uh, Rainbow Six Vegas type game for this, and we we're like, that's bullshit. Nobody wants this. Eight years later, that's all I want, baby. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. <laughs> I love Rainbow Six. Yeah, you know what I what I was willing to admit the other day was, uh, see, for me, Overwatch One very specifically was kind of, in terms of multiplayer, I would say that was my holy grail, uh, and I would say right. SOCOM Two was probably right behind it in in that regard. Right. I gotta say, I think Siege is, has proven over time to be the better pound for pound game than overwatch in my opinion i really really enjoy that uh man the the formula is just ironclad 
And I think that's what I love about it. It just gets better. Like th- there's been a lot of sloppy years for Overwatch, right? In comparison, I know they're two yeah. completely different games. I get that, but I think yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Like Overwatch yeah, has yeah. had a lot of bad spells where it's like, man, this meta feels all wrong. Man, this feels completely out of balance. What did they do? Whereas Rainbow Six, not to say that it's been flawless the whole time, but you know, th- there's it always feels solid, you know, and and the yeah. quality of life improvements keep on coming every every single season, and it's like, man, this just keeps getting better. And then then you add on like the um, the they did, they did like a current gen update, so now you got yeah. like buttery smooth frame rate. It everything feels super responsive now, looks a little bit cleaner, and it's like, damn, man, this just yeah. it, it, can't put it down. And when you look at games at service. Their marketing is always this is a ten year plan for this game ten year plan mm-hmm. ten year long, and Rainbow Six is two years shy from that a ten year uh, anniversary, which is 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 mind boggling. And the fact that you know you, you got the 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 gameplay uh, and balance between operators, it's, it's 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 a thing that so many games that do this wish they had. They just they nailed it. Um, yeah, it's just it's perfect. I it's. It really is for me. It's like a perfect, like you said, ironclad formula that just it's fun. It, it rewards skill. It rewards yes. patience. It isn't just about going in there and blasting. Um, you can do. I, I think they had. They may still have it. Team deathmatch, and that's that shit is. And just that shit is a wash. You go in there and do that. It's not fun. Um, but the 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 ranked the bomb stuff and and the hostage even the hostage stuff that that kind of stuff is 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 more interesting and we don't want to sound condescending but it's more of a a term used already in the show a thinking man's like multiplayer game because it it really requires you to be very patient and 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 be and have a strategy going in or defending. So I, yeah, it's 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 awesome. I yeah, love it. it it really did sell me on. It was a tough sell in the beginning, dude, because it. You know, it was like so different from lay everything. on your back and stare at the corner and tilt your gun to the side. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's not it's not an interesting game. If you've never played it and you're interested, if you go watch yeah. videos of people playing it, you're going to go. This looks stupid. Like, it looks yeah. dumb. It, it, watching it is way worse than playing it. So I would I would absolutely so, suggest playing it. It's such a different experience from pretty much anything. I don't think there's anything like it, honestly. You not know, really. Maybe um, maybe uh, Valorant in in T Fortress in 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 the essence of its uh a uh, uh, skill check. Like you have to be very skillful yes. to be successful. Hundred percent. Maybe in that way. Hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, that that's gonna wrap up here our our section here, uh, and we're gonna move into the news segment of the show, which we like to call hit points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for hit points. All right, Marco. Let's go ahead. How about this? Let's start with your side. Let, let's see what we got here yeah. with CD Projekt and all that good stuff. What do we have here, man? CD Projekt, man. Uh, I don't know, man. They're up to the bullshit again. They're they're probably they're reevaluating uh, their newest game in the Witcher series, which is codenamed Project Sirius. Now, as a reminder for all of you, Project Sirius was reported to be a single player, non open world game with online functionality, but We just learned that CDPR recently announced to their investors that they're looking to write off assets from the game. Now, uh, they're basically explaining that they're doing that because uh, it's based on the evaluation of the scope and the commercial potential of the original concept. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is basically industry code for scrapping and restarting the game. Okay, 
Now, in a statement by Powell Burza, who is the communications manager for CD Projekt Red, he stated, quote, our current focus is ensuring that Project Sirius is aligned with the strategy of the CD Projekt group, end quote. But he explained that no further insight will be provided to us about their evaluations about Project Sirius in the future. So all of this kind of begs the question, Pablo, did CDPR bite off more than what they can chew when they announced all those projects a couple months ago? Uh, is this a cause for concern for those projects like The Witcher 4, uh, The Witcher 1 remake, uh, the Cyberpunk sequel, and that Project Hadar, which is their new IP? Uh, where are you at with this news, and how do you feel like it's, it's making you feel about the other uh, things they have in their pipeline here? Yeah, I think they bit off way more they could do because they just announced stuff too early. And yeah, I think other games are in danger, not of cancelate not not being cancelled, but of being pushed back and, and, and having longer development cycles because they're trying to get all these games out, assets everywhere, trying to make sure that the product and the IP that they put out is something that they agree with and it, you know, it's it's showing off nicely. So I just think, you know, we we me, uh, Marco, we we've gone at Xbox for uh, impl- uh, for t- talking about games way too early. Yep, and I think that I think CDPR we got to take them to task for that as well. I mean, it's fun, it's good to see all this stuff, and and I know you have they have investors and they have to let them know what's up, but they just went too early on this stuff. Like I I would be shocked if we saw half of what they announced. You know, I think the core stuff, I think Witcher remake is coming of the first game. Obviously Witcher 4. I think see I think uh I think we're going to get a, a Cyberpunk sequel. I don't know if we're going to get Project Hadar anytime soon or if at all. It's just it to me it just feels like they announced stuff for for investors and now they're getting into the nitty-gritty of it all and now they have to show results. And this is the first the first news that we're getting of it, and it's not good, and it's not, and it it doesn't doesn't seem promising. I mean, it's it's exactly what Xbox is going through right now. Announce all this new shit, and then hit uh, issues problems almost immediately as soon as they 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 got off the block. So, I I I am worried about the other projects in terms of. How long till we see Witcher 4? How long till we see the Witcher 1 remake? How long till we see uh, Cyberpunk sequel? So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, but I will say, if some of these cancellations, if they do end up canceling some games, just both better for Witcher 4 and, C- and CP sequel and the Witcher remake, then I would be okay with that, ultimately. But as it stands now... Yeah, it's a little worrisome. What do you think, man? Yeah, dude. I mean, look, it's weird when you have a a cataclysmic disaster like Cyberpunk 2077, right? And you follow up that mess by announcing five more projects. (laughs) That's insanity to me. You don't do that, dude. Like, when we first broke this news uh, way back when it first came out, it was like, this sounds great on paper, but damn. You know, and I still feel that way. It's still a yeah, yeah. but damn kind of feeling. Like I, I think what they're trying to do is they used those project announcements to kind of garner excitement and positive to- positive PR. What they wanted mm-hmm. again. They wanted the bounce back. You know, they're riding the high of edge runners coming out, kind of restoring some some of the good will with the the game's updates for cyberpunk 2077 and then they want to hit us hit us with a combo all right we fixed the game the anime's out and it's great and guess what we're making another and we got witcher coming and something new coming everybody's going hell yeah cd project red's back and then they kind of had that oh shit moment to me where (coughs) they're like oh we got to deliver on this oh damn 
And I think that's what they're realizing now. I mean, look, video game development's hard. And they were the first people to tell us, hey, you know, it's hard work. All right. Well, then maybe not announce five or six projects next time around. Hey, listen. It's all about focus. You know, and I'm not a developer. Yeah. I've never run a studio before. But I can tell you that um, you can say all the right things. You can plan all the right things. But can you execute? And with this much stuff on your plate, especially when you're using IP that people love, like The Witcher, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, to your point, if one of these got to go. And I think if I'm them, I don't know. Listen, I, I would rather cut this serious game and I would focus on maybe cutting Project Hadar. And give us a good I remake. Cut everything. Give us Witcher 4, that's give right. us Cyberpunk. And I think that's a solid trio. CDPR, do not fuck me on the Witcher remake. <laughs> I will hurt Why you. Why did you so get I, so I close to the microphone? Why did you? Because I want them to know. I want them to know. I want them to know that, weirdly enough, the thing I'm most excited about is Witcher 1 remake. I don't know why. I, just, I Obviously, the game I never played. Hmm. I love Witcher 3. I think Witcher 2 was pretty cool. Uh, I, I, want, I want to see that. But, yeah, I agree. Um... Well, Marco, I got some I got some interesting information here. What you got? Uh, some interesting stuff here. Tony Todd, the Candyman himself, and now the voice actor of Venom in Insomniac's Spider-Man sequel, has apparently accidentally leaked the release month of Marvel Spider-Man Two, and that and that month just happens to be the same month as Bethesda's highly anticipated Starfield, which is, as we all know, September. To be fair. Voice voice actors leaking info like this doesn't always have the best track record. Sure. Norman Norman Reedus, yeah, yeah. you know, comes to mind. Uh, but the way Tony Todd broke the news wasn't just telling people when the game was coming out, but rather press related things that would lead to a September release. Mm. Like he was clearing his schedule because he had to do press for this thing. So it makes this a bit more believable. How amazing is September about to be? Uh, will one of these games flinch? Does Xbox or Sony have any cause for concern? Marco, what do you think? Can I be a little toxic? Can I well, can I do it? Can I do it on our show? Yeah, you can do it. I I, I love this. I love yeah. this. I want the battle. I want the battle. I'm so tired of seeing these studios cower in fear because they have competition. I'm so sick of that. I want I want the smoke. I want Spider-Man versus Starfield. I want that. I think it's good for gaming. I think I'm tired of everybody being so afraid of releasing next to each other. If your game is good enough, it will be worth it. It'll be validated. Like, And I think that this is a great matchup, not because I think these games have anything in common. Obviously, they don't. But I think it's great to see that no one's, at least as far as we know, no one's really going to budge. If this, is, if this release date's true well, and it's... Spider-Man in September, Starfield in September. I say they should both keep it the same way. Keep keep it this way. I agree. Leave it. I Leave agree. it be I, because eventually you're going to have to deal with each other. If you are a competitor yeah. to Sony or you're a competitor to Microsoft, regardless of which side you're on, you're going to have to compete in this generation. And sometimes the matchups are going to be weird. Sometimes it's going to be unfair. It's going to be lopsided. In this case, it's very unique because it's an established, iconic household name like Spider-Man <laughs> versus a brand new IP, but a big Skyrim-like game with Starfield. It's 
it's styles make fights, right? And this is yeah. the epitome of that. And I think it's good. It's good for the industry. It's good for the community to have games come out and and stop being afraid of each other. Like, yes, one I game might agree. take over the the you know the zeitgeist than the other. It's entirely possible, but that's gaming. You got to earn it by having a good enough game to talk about. And so I want to see this matchup, and I think it's going to be cool. Um, I think if one does flinch. I hate to be, you know, on the Starfield delay train again, but I can see Starfield if I had to choose between the two. I know you predicted the opposite, I think. But I think Starfield yeah, yeah. would be it would behoove Xbox more to delay Starfield if they really wanted to, because it's like a new IP. So you know, do you really want to go up against Spider Man? But I think Phil shouldn't do that, personally. I, I well here's the thing. I, I think this only but this is only good to the lead up. As a lead up, as a conversational piece leading up to September, the battle of of, of Starfield versus Spider Man Two. Ultimately, I don't think it matters, and 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 the reason for that is because I, I think that when you look at the way Sony has gone about the first party and Xbox, the path they've taken, Sony's Sony wants some sales numbers from from Spider Man Two, and they'll get those numbers from the faithful PlayStation owner and and and, and ecosystem, and. Xbox wants the subs. Uh, there's no sales do not matter for Xbox. So this the the entire matchup of video games, first uh, party games versus first party games before was about total number of sales and how this outsold this, this outsold this. Obviously, Spider Man is going to outsell Starfield in that it's going to it's not available at a, as a Game Pass format. So I think in that way, I, I think this is this doesn't mean anything to Xbox or PlayStation at the, at the end of the day because these games aren't cross-platform. They are specific to one platform. Right. But I think it's a great conversation piece leading up to September. Um, I think it'll get toxic and, and, and unbearable. Oh, yeah, Twitter's going to run with this. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, because if, yeah, if Spider-Man gets like an 88 and, and Starfield gets an 85, yeah. It's over, right? They, they, it's, they've done it. They killed the, the Xbox is dead. Like, so I think it's going to be exhausting <laughs> once again to here. But I think one of the things we're going to be looking at is player account, concurrent player account, which I think would benefit Xbox because it's coming out both on PC and Xbox, while Spider Man Two is only coming out on on PlayStation. So, again, doesn't mean anything. Because so, Xbox, Sony's about to to, to make bank off a uh, uh, Spider Man. Oh, no it's probably going to be yeah. one of their best selling games of all time, and I think that Starfield is going to get it to do it. I think because it's on Game Pass, it's a game that won't leave the conversation, and I think it's awesome because I think come it, looking kind of down the scope, I don't think there's there's a big there's any bigger game than Spider Man Two or Starfield, and they're both coming out in September. So you know, it, it, I think the conversations for both of those games are going to run through uh, the holiday. And I think when it comes to Game of the Year, I'm predicting it's going to be a showdown between those two games. I do think if one is going to flinch, I don't think Spider Man would flinch. I don't think I don't think I would cast it as them scared. I just think the game wouldn't be ready. And I think the game that most likely will do that at this point is Spider Man. I know that we all talk about Xbox and how they delayed games, but but Sony has done that. They've delayed every single first party game that they've ever had in the last five years, at least by six months. They did it with the original Spider Man. They did it with um uh they did it with with uh Horizon Forbidden West. They did it with with uh, God of War Ragnarok. So it it, it it might happen, but this is this is good for everybody involved for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let them fight, okay? Guys, 
fight. Yeah. All right. I'm sick of I'm sick of people getting scared. Like I said, fight. All right. Battle. It's a console. Hey, it, it's it's going to have to be game versus game sometimes. It's just it is what it is. It's the nature of the business. So, you know, yeah. I, I would love for every game to have all the runway in the world of being the only game that matters for a few weeks. But we're just it's not going to be that way for long. It's been quiet this oh. generation. Uh, for a lot of reasons, pandemic, shortages, long development times, blah, blah, blah. And if, but that's about to change. So, yeah. But if you if you really think about it, if you only own a PlayStation 5, you got no horse in the race for Starfield. So you're going to be rooting for your right, Spider-Man. Right, right. If you only own the Xbox, Starfield. And if you own both, September's about to be the greatest month of all time for video games in, the, in a very long time. So, you know. By the way, I want to re- re- retract my statement about it being a two-headed race and game of the year with Starfield and um, oh, uh, I was, and Spider-Man Two. I was gonna let you because <laughs> because uh, there's a there's there's a whole ass Final Fantasy sixteen game coming out and a whole ass Zelda game coming that out. That's true. So I would like to retract my statements, uh, Your Honor. Uh, will you allow it? And he says no. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, uh, no. What, what do you got, bro? Uh, listen, man, I got to take you to task here. All right. Because yeah, while yeah. we're talking about Xbox, see, see, Pablo gets on my nerves. All right, you guys know that already. Pablo gets on my nerves because he thinks he knows me. He, th- I do know him. <laughs> he thinks he knows what's in my heart. I okay. And here's I the, here's the rundown. All right, no ad libbing allowed. All right, I don't want to hear nothing. I had that in post. Get it out of your. <laughs> See, Mama. this is why I should be. All right, look, Redfall previews. All right, they've been dropping like crazy. A lot of you probably saw them, and you saw that the feedback is largely positive, other than some concerns people are saying about enemy AI and some power stuff, right? But we're not here to talk about all that. We're not here to talk about the previews at all. I, what I want to talk about is how Pablo feels that that me. Me, someone that can't stand games from Arcane Studios at all. And I mean damn near none of them. He thinks that I'm going to love Redfall, ladies and gentlemen. Right. He says he just feels it. He just feels it. Okay? I don't know where he feels it, but he feels it. So I'm I'm putting Pablo on the spot on this episode. I want you, Pablo, to explain to me and the listeners exactly why you feel that I'm going to love Redfall. Make your pitch. Yeah. Marco has one problem with arcade games, and that's specifically technical. Technical issues with the game, the kind of way it runs, but mostly the way the game feels as he plays it. You've had, like I said, you've had issues with the way how it feels. Yep. Um, conceptually, we're talking about self-based open world RPG, which is your shit, okay? Uh, where you can accomplish things any way you want, depending on your play style. Again, your shit. Something you've been unable to, to fully embrace due to your hang-up with technical issues, which, wait, which, by the way, are completely valid. They are valid. I definitely am a person that don't that I'm not sensitive to that stuff. Like the Dead Zone shit on Resident Evil Four. I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. What's a Dead Zone? <laughs> like I don't know what that is. Uh, I, I I think I think if Redfall wants to compete in the shooter market and potentially take a small piece of the Destiny co-op online pie, its gameplay cannot afford to take a back seat. And Bethesda has taken measures in order to, to, to rectify that by getting people from id software to, to to jump in there and do their shooting, do do all that stuff. And I think I honestly think that once you play this game, you're gonna it, it's not gonna feel like like those uh, other um uh, other arcane games, specifically because they went back to their um uh, Unreal 4 
and it's the last Unreal 4 update before 5 came out. So this game's not only going to look beautiful, but it's going to play beautiful as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm confident that since your handcuffs are mostly on the technical side of things, that they've completely, because they have to, that's kind of where I'm coming from. They've completely redone that and made them feel essential because if you're going to go online, PVE, even if it's just PVE, those gun controls got to feel good. Okay, they just got to feel good. They got to feel crispy. They got to feel clean. And the, the reason I feel you'll love it is because everything Arcane has ever done is a Marco-ass game. But the gameplay of it all is just not there for you. So obviously, when you play a game, you play it. And so if you have issues with that, the core essence essence of a video game, then I, I understand why you won't like it. But for me, the reason I think you'll enjoy this because I feel, again, is they have to nail the, the gameplay. There's no way around it. It, it's, it, it has to be perfect and i think they're going to do that for you and that's why i think you're going to go in there if you go in with open mind uh and start complaining don't complain about no fov percentages uh why? i think we're going to be good <laughs> like, this game is good but i'm going to give it a one out See, of ten because uh the abra the abracadabra chromatics somatics the abracadabra it, it, it smells like doo-doo I didn't know they had control. smell in Redfall. Damn, that's a whole different yeah, smell, thing. Yeah, smell of vision. Well, listen. Yeah. No, but I, I, that's what I think. Because the Void Engine, honestly, the Void Engine in, in, in Deathloop and in Dishonored 2, were not, it, was, it wasn't very good. And, and I think them going back to Unreal 4, uh, I, I think that that's the right move. And I, and I feel... Uh, you know, I mean, Prey used CryEngine for crying out loud. Like they were, they've been, and they've used every goddamn engine out there. So they're, they're, they've been trying to figure Man, shit I out. I was crying with boredom. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. All right, I, I, I think Redfall is going to be. Now we predicted our, our open crypt. I, I got 86 yeah. as the prediction for this game. I think people are going to really enjoy this game a lot. So I am not thinking that this is going to be a bad game, but a Marco no, no, ass no. game. I don't think so, man, because. It is gameplay related. I will admit that. That is very true. It is also this annoyance that I have with Arcane, where it feels like, and somebody actually said this, uh, I think it was Maddie Plays or it was somebody else, but they said that this game feels like they split um, the powers from Dishonored among each of the characters, and they just divvied yeah. it all up. And what's annoying to me about that is they kind of had similar powers that they gave to people in Deathloop. So what it feels like to me with Arcane Studios, with the exception of, of Prey, I would say, is that they keep taking the same core elements and repurposing them. Here's this power you did in Dishonored and Deathloop. We're going to do it again here, but except we're not going to give you all the other stuff because that's what the other characters are for. Like, I hate that. I want them to stop trying to hang on to the same essence of like Dishonored and really go full stop like original with their work. Now I'm not saying Redfall looks anything like Dishonored other than just art style and usual like character design kind of thing. But there is something to be said for that. There is something to be said. You can say, you know, I can, I can hear the counterpoint being, well, that's kind of their signature. That's their trademark. And I, I'm okay with that. But for me, it just makes these new ideas less exciting when it's just a new idea with the stuff you already did three games ago. Right. So, so I have, I have a counter to that. Okay. I have a counter to that. I, I agree, but here's the thing. I've always gravitated to in all these games to a specific 
kind of power and that's usually for me blink where i can teleport from one area to the right. other that's kind of been the main one for me i've always thought that because there's so many different powers with death loop and dishonored that all those little um powers blink being one of them is underutilized or or very basic in its approach to gameplay like this is just to teleport to the other side they rarely ever use it in gameplay like shooting or anything like that my excitement for the fact that they've actually split those up is almost taking the four core pillars that is is something that they're known for in terms of their powers and then what they're doing is they're expanding upon for example blink they're expanding upon blink they're making that a core central a central idea to the gameplay itself for that character i think that's exciting because i always thought while those powers were cool they were a little maligned and a little bit kind of underutilized because there were four of them now that you pick one character and you focus on that character that the uh, and, I'll, and i'll and i'll keep uh, talking about the ability blink can now be used as also as 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 uh, gunplay or, or something else uh, that's just not from uh, that's not just traversal uh it's not just traversal so I, I i'm excited about that specifically because i never really use a lot of the other stuff like i always mostly always use uh the blink uh power so i'm actually excited that they've uh focused each character with one of those core powers and now they're going to expand upon that when you expand your character mm-hmm. so i hope that that's i hope that they kill it like that well, way because I, I i'm actually excited for yeah that. i mean I'm, i i hope so i mean I, and the other thing for yeah. me is like the end enemy AI is is a big problem because there's yeah, nothing more yeah. annoying than an immersion breaking immersive sim. <laughs> it's just irritating. That's true. Right? When you see like uh, vampires bumping into each other in the distance, like they said in the previews. Like, you know, you, you can't. I mean, they're just kind of stumbling around. They look like they're barely even aware that you're around. Like that kind of thing takes a toll for a game that has this type of structure, right? So yeah, for me to feel like I can believe in this game which sounds a little pretentious, I don't mean it to be, but for me to believe in the concept of the game, to buy in, if you will, then I have to feel like the difficulty is um, is in the right place, right? And one of the problems that when I, I think about Back for Blood was that the enemies were, were stupid as hell, but what they did was, I think they tried to counteract that by making their attacks a, a lot more damaging, so you know we can't really we can't really design them to be smart, but we can design them to be you know lethal, and that's not a really good formula. So I I I hope that they don't make the same mistake with Redfall, and that you know not to compare it to Resident Evil Four per se, but when those skirmishes in RE Four happen, you feel a threat, right? I don't want to do all this gun looting or whatever this loop is in, in, in Redfall and have all these powers just to beat a bunch of dumb enemies or else it just defeats the whole yeah. purpose of the game, right? So that's what they really have to get right. I mean, and this has been a problem for them historically. Like they, ha- they actually had to patch Deathloop to improve the AI for the enemies. So, and, yeah. and, and now we're kind of back to previews of their next game having the same problem that Deathloop had, you know, when it came out. So I'm a little yeah, worried that they're kind so- of returning back to the same mistakes again. I sometimes think that they do that as well just to kind of, you know, make the game a little easier for pre- pe- people previewing it. They got only a, a finite amount of hours with it, so that might be part of it. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. That is my main concern, though, that, that we're, we're into this world and it's very open and alive. But once you start getting down to it and shooting enemies, it's just kind of fodder. Yes. I hope that's not the case because um, I would hate fodder 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 and then all of a sudden there's a difficulty spike on a, on a like uh, area boss or something that's like in you know that that's what makes games like Elden Ring so amazing and so incredible that every moment in every encounter is death or is, is life or death you know and um it, because the enemy is so uh, smart but i 
We'll see. That is my main concern, but I do think, in a nutshell, conceptually, this is a Marco as Marco <laughs> game. Just, uh, but you know, it is it is possibly being made. It is being made by a a, a team that you don't like, uh, spe- you know, specifically because of technical issues. I think if they clear that up and they get the AI, AI right, you know. I don't even predict that this is a game that you and I will be playing together as a single player experience. I think that this is going to be something that you'll you'll enjoy. I'm not saying it's going to be like your favorite game of all time, but you know, I we'll see. This is this year's Elden Ring in terms of my prediction. I'm going to force myself to dislike it so that I can, <laughs> I can be real toxic. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. You're not going to be able to deny its greatness. Oh, I'll deny it. All right. <laughs> that's gonna wrap up hit points let's move in to our main event of the show which is our checkpoint chat it's time for the checkpoint chat all right marco so we are gonna go ahead and go over all the games well most of the games that came out in the first quarter that we played yeah man uh and we, if you guys are listening to the show, if this is the first time listening, we did a predictions uh, episode a couple of weeks ago where we predicted the open critic score of all these games, a lot of like the, the main games that are coming out in 2023, just to kind of break that down in terms of how it works for us. Uh, so one point for being the closest to the actual open critic score, you get two points for a perfect prediction right now. I want to remind everybody, it is early. Don't start with it the caveats. Mar- no, it's okay. I, you know, caveat is just the Hold fact of the matter out. is. Take this it, L. Is all, it's, it is March, you know, three months in, mad early. I don't even know, like, what year it is still. I still write 2022. That's how early it is in the year. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Pablo, which is me, three points. I I got Dead Space. I got Whoa Long. Fi- sorry. Whoa Long. Thank you. Uh, Fallen Dynasty. And Fire Emblem Engage Correct. Marco. With six points, uh, he got Octopath Traveler 2, which he nailed. He got perfect. Uh, like a Dragon Ishin, uh, God bless you. Hogwarts Legacy and Atomic Hearts and Forspoken are the mm. games that he uh, got right. So six points to three. Um, I Again, I want to remind everybody, it is March. I'm getting sick of you reminding everybody it of you losing. It's super okay? early. It's so early, I'm still waking up from my New Year's Eve I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear um, all these excuses. Excuses sound best Marco. to the people making them up. <laughs> You're making up a lot of excuses. It's too much. But it is but it is factually only March. That's just the fact. I didn't make that up. Jesus did. That's what they tell me. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, Marco, uh what what do we got here? Let's explain our scale. I I don't know if we're explaining officially the scale on our show. Yeah, let me walk let me walk everybody through it. Okay. So we have a a a special review scale here at Cooldown Time. We don't do numerical scores like a lot of other places do. We do it based on what kind of time we thought the game was. Get it? Cooldown time, what kind of time it was. There you go. Okay, so here is our rating scale. All right. Now, the worst of the worst is what we call a terrible time. These are games with irredeemably awful issues and terrible design choices that just suck. Up above that, one notch higher, is a rough time. And these are games with glaring issues, but still provide little glimmers of enjoyment in between all that roughness. Now, the next tier up from rough time is an okay time. This is, these are games with moderate issues that result in a largely mediocre slash decent experience. Okay? Now, the next one up is a good time. These are games with mild issues that provide solidly enjoyable experiences despite that. And then up from there is 
a great time. These are games that provide excellent, high-quality experiences with very few flaws. And the top of the mountain, the highest score that we give here on Cooldown Time is Timeless. And these are the games that are masterful classics for their genre and or gaming as a whole. So, Pablo, what we did was we took all the games that we played this year so far, and we broke them down into each of those categories, which games were terrible, rough, okay, good, great, and timeless, if applicable, right? So, Pablo, what we're going to do is we're going to go round robin here. We're going to go through each of those different brackets, if you will, and we'll talk about what games, if any, we've put in each of those sections, okay? So, all right. you ready to start this off, now, man? before we... Before we start, I think we should tell everybody that no game this end of Q1 has reached our timeless rating. That's right. So there's none of that. Yeah, to, we to skipped that. Over, yeah. Another caveat is that um, based on our scale, um, our scale does not factor in necessarily completing a game. Like, for instance, if a game is yeah. not very fun or good, obviously we're not going to force ourselves to beat it, right? We have other things to do with our time yeah. than play a, a game that's a rough time or a terrible time. So just keep that in mind uh, when we go through some of these. But we have beat. You now, know, also, or are working yeah. on repeating a, a lot of these. Also, just for anybody wondering, you know, not really something that we have to clear up. Our ratings do not affect like Metacritic or Open Critic, no. so we're that's why we don't care if we didn't beat it. We'll tell you how we felt about our time with it. If ever there was a time where our our um, our ratings did affect any of those things, we would then be a little more stricter in terms of the games that we actually have beaten. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would be the case. But as it, as it stands now, uh, yeah, that's yeah, this ain't our so, job. Yeah, Marco, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to play what's fun, usually. Uh, call us crazy. Um, so, Pablo, uh, let's go ahead and start off, man. So let's, let's start with the bottom of the barrel, all right? Uh, and this is uh, the section devoted to the games that we considered a terrible time. Now, Pablo, it looks like you don't have anything in that section uh, from what I'm seeing. Um, no, nothing. Not, nothing really okay. that I played this year for me would categorize as a terrible time. I got one. I got one, and I have Atomic Heart. Unfortunately Ooh. for me, terrible time. Terrible time. And I struggle with this one because there, it feels like it has the glimmers of enjoyment that would be enough for like a rough time kind of rating. But I think it just constantly suppresses any little bit of good by just overwhelming me. Again, this is my score yeah. with bad, uh, with whether it's terrible voice acting, an awful puzzle section, uh, very underwhelming melee combat, uh, the wrong kind of ammo scarcity that just feels imbalanced and wrong, uh, and just, to me, a very uncompelling type of structure overall as far as the open world. The only thing I liked about the game, honestly, was its style. Uh, and its world aesthetic, I think, was really interesting. But even that felt like a, like a, a great value Bioshock Infinite to me. So I, I, there just wasn't a lot yeah. here for me to, to really grab onto. And so I personally think terrible time for Atomic Heart. But that's just, that's just me. Okay. Now, let's move on to the next section here. We both got some games for this section. And that is... Which games were a rough time, Pablo? Which were, which were the games that had those glaring issues but did provide small yeah. little glimmers of enjoyment? Let me kick it over to you first. Tell me what you got. Yeah, I got Like a Dragon Issue oh, no. as a rough time. Look, from, from the moment I started it, I mean, honestly, I started it, it was fine, but about two or three chapters in, all the way to the end, I don't can't recall a time in, in my gaming history, especially with my 
just how I can't focus. Me hate playing a game. I hate playing. <laughs> I hate played this game the whole way through. I thought it was obnoxious. I think the story twists were absolutely hilariously bad. I think uh, the setting was cool graphically. The game is mid. I think that taking some of your favorite characters uh, of all time, at least for me, uh, and placing them in this world is fun and it's novel in its own little way. But ultimately, playing the game, I didn't really like the way the combat really felt. I think that. Um, it just it was all too segmented and just felt all detached and disconnected never any kind of fluidity to it um it took a lot of half measures with the setting in terms of ronin and, and whatnot and then just kind of the story itself and then the expect the, the expectation of you being a patriot of japan to really <laughs> understand what this meant to the to to, to to japan as a whole and just the introduction of characters and name switches it for me is just a complete utter Mess and it made a lot of sense why this game never reached the U.S. when it first was uh, came out. I think a couple of uh, 2014 was it, um, 2013. Uh, so it just it's for me the worst uh, like a dragon yakuza game, period. Uh, and it's and it's just one of those things where, it, you know, it's just rough. Maybe it, it should have stayed in Japan, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I, I think they. I think they'll appreciate. If anything, they can appreciate the story because oh, a lot of uh, a lot of these Yakuza games, like after a while, they get a little long in the tooth in terms of the combat, repetitive. Some of them, and then, but the story is always there to kind of keep you hooked in, right? Yep. No matter how silly it is, it's always good. I don't think this was. A, I think it was an actively bad, uh, uh, bad story. And then the other game that I have on here is uh, the game that sounds like a sneeze. Uh, 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 Tichia, how, how do you yeah, say I think that? it's just Chia, actually. Hey man, don't don't be talking to me like that in front of people. Uh, so why'd Chia, you, why'd you uh, ask I, me? No, 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 I, we're not gonna skate past I, your rudeness. <laughs> how did you say it? Uh, here's how you say it. This the how you talk, man. Listen, abuse. No, I said don't, abuse. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, this game was. Um, I think it started off really cool. I think it had really some cool concepts. The more I played it, because I was like, you know, this game is all right. I, I'm not going to play a lot of it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of enjoying my time. Let me play a little bit more. And then as the more I played, the more I, you know, you see the budget through and through. Uh, I think it has cool ideas. Uh, but ultimately for me, it just, it felt like a dime store, uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, and it just, it just didn't do a lot for me there at the end. So yeah, that's where I'm at with that. How about you, man? I know you got a couple of yourself. Yeah, man. I got three uh, games that I put in the rough time category. Um First one is Fire Emblem Engage, and this one hurts my heart, man. It really does, because I was so excited about this game, man. Coming from three yeah, houses, same. loving that game so much, and Engage comes along, and I wanted to believe that it was going to be even better, but the game is is such a sad regression in almost every way uh, compared to three houses that um, it's, it's downright disappointing to me. Um, it has an absolutely atrocious story. So bad. It is some of the worst storytelling I've seen in a while um, because it's just a whole bunch of nothing going on. Just absolutely nothing of interest is happening in this game at all. The characters are all bland and uninteresting. Or if they're not uninteresting, they're just obnoxiously squealy and annoying. Um, it, it's just such a bland, weird disappointment. of, And it feels... It feels cheap in a way too, you know. It just yeah. feels like a, a big step back. And uh, the but the one redeeming quality that kept it from being terrible is the combat system, which I think was truly good. I didn't necessarily love the um, the ring dynamic with the, uh, the the heroes from previous Fire Emblem games. I just don't think there's enough 
there in terms of like iconic characters to make that those moments feel interesting. But um, besides that, I did think that the battle system was great, and it definitely was uh, much more enjoyable than Three Houses. And that's probably the one area that I feel is, if not better, than at least on par with the, uh, the last game. But other than that, I just you found know, myself super bummed out by this game, man. I have a quick theory on this. This game was made with the Unity engine, which is usually an engine made for uh, mobile games. I almost feel like this was a mobile game in concept and then got completely poured over to being a full console release because the ring mechanic almost feels like it, it's it, it's it's ripe for uh monetization uh mm. so it, it, it yeah so i think that's probably what happened maybe but anyway. i don't know yeah um but yeah up next is uh chia as well um I, I don't have much else to add other than what you said i just i think it's charming it's a charming game i love the cultural you know um ties that it has i, I really appreciate that stuff but unfortunately, the game itself just feels a bit clunky and a little bit uh, amateur. Um, and it's, it's a yeah. shame because I think art style is really cool. It is a little like Breath of the Wild meets Wind Waker sort of uh, mashup, which is fine. Uh, I, I'm a little bored of seeing games try to, you know, take that art style and use it for their own thing. I'm, I'm a little tired of that, I guess, but I can live with that if the gameplay is fun. And I think that the gimmick of like, you know, taking over different animals and stuff, that's just very Super Mario Odyssey to me, but just in a very bland yeah. way. Um, you know, so it's just, it, it wasn't really anything that I could say was like amazing or, or interesting to me uh, other than the cultural stuff, which I thought was really cool. So I, it's a bit of a rough game. And then uh, the last game, Whoa, long <laughs> Fallen Dynasty. Boy, did this game fall from grace on my list here, man. Listen, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't have a lot of high hopes for this game. Uh, I thought it looked cool, but I had said before, I'll say it again, it always felt like, let's just do Neo again, but call it something different. And mm. it, it feels a lot like that, except they stripped a lot of things out of the Neo formula for this game, too which is nice because it feels a little leaner, but then it also feels like there's just not a lot of meat on the bone either. And they also fell in love with that deflect uh, mechanic, which is cool, but it feels like they built so much of the combat system around doing that, that everything else like blocking or, you know, uh, other, you know, tactics just don't feel as important as that deflect mechanic. And so you do feel sort of like you're being forced to play the game a certain way, which is something I don't like. Uh, with Souls-like games, I feel like there should be more diversity in how you play, and I just didn't get that feeling here. Uh, and, and other than that, I think the storytelling is is laughably bad again. Um, I think the world is bland and uninteresting. I I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of tired of I'm kind of tired of these. I'm I'm tired of these for right yeah. now, man. <clears throat> I, just full disclosure, I don't have a long on my list because it's not a game that I've actually put any real you time into. The demo, it, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a game that I definitely want to go in, uh, and give it a try once uh, I have some time between releases, probably sometime in the yeah. summer. So uh, definitely game I want to fall back into before the end of the year, so okay. it's not on my list. But I hope, hopefully hopefully I feel differently because I'm excited about that one. Yeah, yeah. So we went to OK Time. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of games. Let me let me go here. Um, Atomic Heart. I know you have that under your terrible time. I... I I'm, I keep finding little moments of this game, little like runs of this game that I'm really enjoying, and I am I I, I think 
I think the game is completely playable through and through. I, I think that the story elements do tend to get better. Some things are explained. The, the, the character's attitude is explained a little bit. So some of those things make a lot of sense down the road. I just, it's a little rough. It's a little rough of a road to get to these points in, in the in the game itself. So I, I do enjoy it. I think I agree with Marco in terms that it is a dime store um uh, Bioshock game it is I think it, it everything that every time it tries to be Bioshock it fails uh, but when it is trying to be Atomic Heart it, it, it's actually a pretty decent game um, I also then have Fire Emblem Engaged uh, yeah I don't know if I if I would I, I think that the outline of the story is decent I think the way you get there is absolutely atrocious and horrible in just about every single way but the game mechanic is so fucking strong that it's it's hard you can turn every it's like they know you can literally turn off every single cutscene every single thing in between and just go from point of the map right into battle and when you do that it just feels like a really cool uh time to to, to just kind of disengage a little bit and engage into uh fire emblem total accident didn't mean to do that but um i i enjoyed it i thought it was i, I thought it was really good for what it was uh it's just that i was expecting more but the combat system really carried this to the next level um WWE 2K23 is the next game on my list. Mm. This game was riding high on good time for a long time until I played My Rise. I was going to talk a little bit about My Rise on our loadouts, but I decided to, to nix it just to talk about it here. Uh, my Rise is completely horseshit, horrible piece oh, of shit. Wait, hold uh, on. Wait, that, wait a minute. Yeah, My Rise is terrible. It's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's horribly. That's the, for those of you that don't remember, that's the career mode oh, sorry, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the not the showcase mode. That's awesome, but the career mode where you create your character yeah. and you go through it. You get to pick between the lock or legacy. Legacy meaning you're on. You used to be a wrestler in WWE and you're following her footsteps. I picked the lock as an indie guy coming in as the short thing, and then kind of the Drew McIntyre story a little bit is, is kind of how they put you in there. Mm. Uh, but the whole chunk of that game, you're not in WWE. You're in these weird made up places with made up wrestlers because they couldn't afford to probably pay real wrestlers to to play themselves. Besides. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, it, it's weird, man. The game, that game, the My Rise focuses specifically on building a stable of a, a, a team, like a, having a squad, and it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's like ridiculous. It's like I don't want to do that. I want to compete, compete for championships, get into feuds, and you do none of that. It's horrible. This is My Rise is like if all the great WWE current superstars were got on a plane and the plane crashed and you were left with the Miz and Xavier Woods. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you why. Damn. Zami Zayn, The Miz, Zami Zayn, Xavier Woods, and you. That's it. Because those are the only people that you see <laughs> uh, in this game. Why they got to die in a plane crash? Because it just, feel, it just feels like, why would they give this guy an opportunity, a, 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 this made up character? Uh, it just, it's just, it's just bad through and through. That's it's so bad. It's so bad. I know, but I'm just saying, that's how it feels like. They, he's, they all got stuck oh. in. I don't know. They, they they all just didn't make it for like a, a couple of years in terms oh, of like man. to the to the to the stadium or wherever the show was taking place. But anyway, uh, so bad it took this all the way to an okay time. And let me tell you, the game mechanic in that game is awesome. The showcase stuff is absolutely incredible. However, the one thing, the story mode that you it doesn't need to be great, but it needs to be okay. It wasn't even that brought it up all the way to okay time. And then Octopath Traveler two, I think one of the biggest emotional roller coasters I've ever had of a game. And the last ten years, where I was sure Octopath Traveler two was just going to be the next great thing. My this year's Elden Ring, the biggest surprise of the year, one one of the best JRPGs I ever played in my whole life. And then once I got through most of the intro and some of the 
two or three levels of those characters it became a complete and utter slog and even then it still reached to be an okay time or oh, octobot travel 2 is um is one of those weird well, end of the year is gonna be one of those weird things where it's like we're, we're gonna understand and appreciate its greatness but it did it disappoint us ultimately so it, mm-hmm. it, conversations to have there yeah uh yeah that's all my okay times how about you yeah so um, I have like a dragon Ishin here as an okay time. I, mm-hmm. I am also bummed out that the game wasn't as good as I hoped it could be. Um, but I do think that it did feel fun to get out of the present day and go back to a samurai kind of period where there was a little bit of a new flavor there. It felt a little bit refreshing to, you know, have a sword in your hand and to have different fighting styles to, to work with that are based on that. And obviously with guns and firearms being a part of that era, um, you know, that made things a little bit more interesting as well. Um, so I did enjoy the change of scenery and the change of timeline, but I think ultimately to your point, um, the game really faltered uh, quite a bit with its storytelling. Uh, it did get very, very weird with all of the, you know, the name-related plot elements that they tried to throw in there, and the ending weirdly patriotic. But okay, we'll go with that. I mean, it, I guess it wasn't initially meant for you know our our side of the world at first, and it kind of feels like it. <laughs> but it's you know it is what it is. It is what it is. But uh, you know, without going too far in there, but it was still a decent time. But I do think that. Um, when I played it, at least for me, I was like, okay, now I see why it wasn't like mission critical to get it to the U.S. back when the original version came out. Because right. uh, I, I can see how it doesn't really fit in anywhere. It does feel a bit, um, a, a bit aloof, uh, is is how I would mm-hmm, describe mm-hmm. it. Um, and then the other game is Octopath Traveler Two. I agree, it is an okay game with, um, it, it's a good game with an okay structure. It's kind of how I look at it. Um, yeah. I think the game as a visual piece is beautiful. The, the score is some of the best I've ever heard in gaming. Uh, and I'm not sensationalizing that. It's truly incredible uh, music. Uh, I like the combat system, like the old school feel of the combat system. Um, and I like a good amount of those characters. But I think that the structure of that game, of having eight people come together, just is not handled good at all all it feels so detached right. it feels so disconnected uh those characters barely interact with each other they barely even talk um it doesn't feel earned whatsoever and i think the structure feels more gimmicky than it is um necessary uh for this game so i just look at this game and think man if this was just a regular ass rpg without this whole yeah. eight characters in different parts of the world thing and they just got together in a traditional way I would be still playing this game right now, but this whole structure of everything being fragmented and broken up and segmented, it's just too, it's just too broken apart for me to enjoy. So yeah. Okay. Time for me as well. But, uh, that's my list. I got like a dragon Ishin and Octopath Traveler too. Um, yeah. So we get into the good times. Oh stuff yeah. Good, now. Times. Uh, good times. Let's get into the good times, baby. Uh, we have, uh, for me, resident evil four, uh, and Dead Space, Resident Evil Four, uh, ironically, both remakes of uh, great games. You know, obviously, we talked about Resident Evil Four and how I feel about that. Um, Dead Space is another great example of remakes done right. Um, it just kind of takes everything that we know and love about 
uh, Dead Space, the original, and just brings it back to brings it to the new consoles and into 2023. I think it's done well. I think it 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 shows you why games like Callisto Protocol fail, uh, where Dead Space is succeeds. Uh, uh, but I think ultimately for me, it's it's one hell of a time. I think if you like the original, there's no way you're not gonna like this one. But really, it's just quality through and through, and Resident Evil Four as well. Just quality through and through. Love those games. Um, having more than a good time really uh, but not not quite the great time mm. uh to make it there but yeah that's where i'm at with those two what do you got okay uh so i got hi-fi rush as a good time uh obviously this game came out of nowhere uh shocked the shit out of everybody it's something that we haven't really seen done like this before um and it's great i mean it, it is a lot of fun i love the gameplay i love the rhythmic style that it has too i love the, some of the soundtrack selections they have shout out to nine inch nails um it's just really really good man it's just a well-made really ass is. game from a, a developer you would least expect um and i really thought this was a great way to start the year off with a nice little nice little surprise on the xbox side of the spectrum so um it, it isn't quite as near and dear to my heart as other people have said it is to theirs um and i think the reason why is is it is a little cringy at times it is a little bit of the you know oh man that dialogue was a little bad but okay all right i get it it's it's a lighthearted game you know but i think at a point it does get to be a little um grading in certain moments but the good thing is the game doesn't overstay its welcome it is kind of in and out within eight to ten hours which i think is a great uh length of time for a game like this uh and it keeps things fresh which i think is another important thing too it didn't start to feel stale or redundant uh the boss fights were always interesting some of them were even hilarious uh so you know really really good game and i'm very very excited for uh tango gameworks future uh because of you know just the quality of work that they have man uh, and yeah. then I would say um, Metroid Prime Remastered uh, is is another one. And I think that the thing about this game is that I think that as far as a remaster goes, they did everything they could possibly do with the Switch. They did everything they could possibly do to make this game look good, run good, feel good. Um, and it holds up remarkably well. Um, I think for me, the only reason why it's here and not as a great time is because uh, it is not like a full-blown remake. It is very much one for one. And I already played the game before, you know, so it's not as much of a novelty for me as it is for other people. But I'm so glad it exists. If you haven't played it and you're into Castlevania, Metroidvania kind of style games, hey, give it a shot. Uh, I, I think you might like it. So that's my other one. It's just, it's just one of these games, man, that I just... I respect it. I don't get it. You had to be there, man. Two thousand, man. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two thousand two, two thousand three is a great maybe time. Maybe if, if it was remade from the ground up, maybe you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 yeah, still got a right, lot of the right. old school DNA in there from that era, so I could see why it's like yeah. ah, I get it, but I don't kind of but, thing. Yeah, I do. But respectfully, I didn't even grade it on mine because it's just I didn't even put enough time to really. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, and then the next game I have in my good time section is dead space uh first time i ever played the game man i i, I never played the original so this was a, a brand new experience for me and I'm, awesome. I'm not usually on that end of the spectrum very much when it comes to remakes pablo you know usually i'm i've already played right. the original no, so it was kind of fun to be on the other end of that spectrum and go wow i get to experience this for the first time and you know it's new for me and i, I think in that sense um it was incredibly fun um this series is never going to be as near and dear to me as Silent Hill or Resident Evil. It's just 
wasn't there long enough in my brain to matter as much, but Dead Space definitely proved a lot to me through this remake, and uh, it's made me excited about the future of these remakes, should they continue to do them, which you should. Um, and yeah, I mean, just well-made from top to bottom, good-looking, good gameplay, uh, lots of awesome moments, and very little in the way of problems, uh, to be honest. So yeah, Dead Space is a good time uh, yeah. for me, but not a great time. All right. Speaking of which... yeah. Let's get right into yeah. that. Uh, you know, sidestepping all the conversations this game has garnered over the fat last couple of months because we've had him on the show. You can go back and listen to that. Talk Hogwarts Legacy. Um, mm. This is this is a game that this is an RPG that, despite its IP, which is Harry Potter and all that, is still would be for me a really fun time to play. It's the, the, the atmosphere, the world building, just kind of the, the sense of place, everything about Hogwarts legacy was hitting at a thousand, just about ever, at, at all times. And even being a, a, a open world RPG, it's one of those games that for me did not overstay its welcome either. Uh, in terms of that, I think that the story is pretty decent. I think it picks up there towards the end. I think some of the side story is a lot better than actually the main story. I think that's my main gripe with the game. And really, honestly, what stopped it from being timeless is the fact that the story did at the very end, though decent, left a little bit to be desired um, uh, overall. But ultimately, I think Hogwarts Legacy is a huge surprise because I thought it was going to be decent and it ends up being just a little bit better. For me, it manages to be one of the greatest games of the first quarter of this year and could ultimately end up being one of the greatest games of the year. Uh, honestly, if, you, if we're looking at our top 10 list down the line, but love Hogwarts Legacy. And then uh, another game I have a great time, my only other game here, is Hi-Fi Rush. I, I, I absolutely adored this game. I think that this game, in terms of its uh, action pacing, and then obviously the art style, some of the art style transition from from uh, from cutscenes to gameplay, that stuff was phenomenal. Just the vibe of the game is great. The fact that it is a music based game, and that shit is just—you don't really see games like that that are still action. Uh, adventure games with that music portion of it so integral to the game but yet it's not necessarily a game that you have to play it like uh, you know beat by beat you know it's not held back by that so it, it's I think it's ingenious in a lot of ways I don't think it's perfect in any way but I just think my time with it the fact that it was such a big surprise and the fact that how unique this game is and I don't think there's going to be a game that's going to come out this year that's going to compete with it in terms of uniqueness and, and its art style and all those things uh, 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 coming together in the way that it came together for Hi-Fi Rush I love this game uh, so yeah great time for me very interesting. So we definitely have Hogwarts Legacy in common uh, as a great time. I think, man, uh, I, I'm i still kind of thinking back on this game so fondly because of how well uh, made this game is. You know, When you hear the word, the term living, breathing world gets tossed around a lot in this industry, and it's really more of a buzz term that really doesn't mean anything in most open world games. But I think if there was ever a game that really lives up to that, it is Hogwarts Legacy. The way that everything moves and animates and feels alive, um, which is especially important for a game like this, mm -hmm. uh, when you think about Hogwarts and you know the pictures that have people in them moving around and the you know the the sense of whimsy this game brings yep. to the table is so perfectly done 
that you just believe in this world right away. You believe it. Okay, this is this feels right. And I think when you couple that with a surprisingly good battle, a uh, combat system rather, um, a competent story, again, not great, like you said, but competent, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you bring in, you know, pretty solid voice acting, good presentation, um, fun traversal, right? You get all these things, yep. you put them together and you go, damn, this is really, really immersive. So I was obsessed with this game. And as somebody that's been kind of, you know, not the, you know, not a huge Harry Potter fan, um, this has been truly, truly exciting for me because I get to feel this in a new way. Whereas for a lot of people, this is like the childhood nostalgia come to life. And I I think it's great that this game can be appealing for people like me just as much as it is for the people who are longtime vets and, uh, you know, fans of this uh, IP. So it's it's an excellent, excellent game. And I'm still... um, kind of feeling the void of not playing it, which is kind of not, yeah, doesn't yeah. come around very often with, with games I finish. You know, when I'm done with most games, I'm done with them. But I keep thinking back on this one, like, should I play it again? You know, so I don't <laughs> know, man, but it, it is a great time. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and pencil it in now. Uh, um, Resident Evil 4. I think this game is going to um, stay the course uh, from where I am right now. I have every reason to believe it is going to maintain the quality and fun that the opening hours have provided. So I'm, I'm planting my flag here confidently that despite some of the performance issues and the control weirdness, that overall this game is going to be uh, one of the greats of, of the year. Um, it, it's the, the, the degree of difficulty to make a game uh, um, like this based off of a game that many consider to be one of the best and most influential ever is no easy feat. So the fact right. that this game comes out, it's sitting at a 92, I believe, on Open Critic. So critically, it's a hit. It's obviously going to be a commercial hit. And in our personal experiences, it's been fun, despite a couple of little nagging things here and there. I mean, it, it's, sure. it's definitely a huge achievement. And I think that is worthy of being called a great time. So, yeah. Hogwarts Legacy and Resident Evil 4 are kind of like the top of the mountain right now. And I think that feels deserved, in my opinion. So that's where I'm at. I agree. I agree. Um, so I, Pablo, I think, you know, what we'll do is we'll come back to the same thing again, uh, at towards the end of the second quarter. Uh, and then we'll see how Q2's lineup affects us and how we think those games stack up as well. But, uh, yeah, this was a fun little, uh, review cast that we did here. I think this was nice. And, uh, you know, and look, obviously, um, when we get to game of the year time, our opinions of these games might change. We might circle back to them again. We might fall out of love. So just because we have them here now, guys, does not mean this is where they're all going to stay. Uh, things change, you know, hence That's you right. think they about do. my, uh, horizon forbidden West turnaround, you know, plot twists can happen on this show, uh, to Pablo's, uh, dismay. Um, <laughs> but, um, Pablo, I think that is going to do it for this week's show. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please be sure to subscribe to our show if you haven't already. You can do that right where you're listening to us right now, as well as Apple, Spotify, Google, and all the other places where you can usually stream podcasts. And of course, social media. It's pretty important to us. Hopefully it is for you too. So follow us on IG, Twitter, and Hive at It's Cooldown Time to keep us in your FOV. Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.
make me feel good.